Welcome to the Winners Find A Way show and podcast with your host, Trent M. Clark, three-time World Series coach, CEO of Leadershipity, serial entrepreneur, having started 12 companies, coach to the 1%, and an international speaker. This show is going to be your go-to podcast for facing adversity, being inspired, and overcoming obstacles, all from the best in the world, business, sports, and leadership. Hate the crappy ingredients in many beverages and energy drinks? Rebellious Infusions are the go-to functional beverage. They have five or fewer plant-based organic ingredients. No sugar, no calories, loaded with antioxidants to boost your immune system. And L-thionine for brain health. Rebellious Infusions are available at drinkrebellious.com. Rethink your drink. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Hello and welcome to the Winners Find a Way Show. I am your host, Trent Clark. I am with my good buddy, Rocco Carrero. Rocco, how are you doing, buddy? I'm doing awesome, Trent. Thanks for having me today. Man, I'm so pumped up to have this conversation. You have got one of these great American stories. And hey, you're a wealth manager, man. Like, I mean, there's a lot of people who got a lot of questions, right? <laughs> like, like, hey, man, what do I do with this? What do I do with that? And so, for those joining us uh, for the first time, this is the Winners Find a Way show based on that quote Winners, when shown data that they are losing, find a way to win. If you are out there and you are looking uh, to get better, to run a company, to get elites, be a better athlete, whatever the case you are, I think you're in the right place. I interview the 1%. Rocco Carrero falls right into this. Uh, long time strategic coach, participant, man, living out in the Hamptons. Come on, man. It's summertime in the Hamptons. Things got to be good, Rocco. Tell me how things are for you. Life is good. Hamptons are starting to bustle. Cars and people everywhere. It's a great time of the year. It's also a great time of the year when people go back to wherever they come from, but definitely blessed in life and uh, very grateful for everything that's going on. All right. This is a cool. So you're a Long Island native, grew up there. Before we get all into Rocco's life and uh, the life and son of an Italian immigrant, which I am dying to talk about, by the way, tell them where they can find you real quick. They can go to my webpage at RoccoACarrero.com. That's R-O-C-C-O-A-C-A-R-R-I-E-R-O.com. Perfect. That is a great place. Uh, you can find Rocco on LinkedIn, of course. And you can also find his book. As you see, he's an author of The Three Chords Approach. You want to pick up that book. We're going to talk about that book. And once we talk about it, you're going to want to get that book. So going to be awesome. Uh, living now, married, two kids out in the Hamptons. This is, uh, you didn't grow up in the Hamptons. You grew up in Long Island, the son of an Italian immigrant who comes over. He's going to tailor clothes, which I'm sure you're probably working a little bit in the family business. Is that fair? You know, I'm not in the family business of tailoring, but I actually, that's where I learned business. I learned business from my parents. And so, you know, that's, uh, that's where it all started. Yeah. As a kid, you know, hey, that's, uh, I mean, I think that's one of the European things that I see that's really strong is like the kids are involved with the parents' work. I mean, I, that's just not uncommon. And I don't, I don't know if that always applies over in America. Like, I don't know if, and you, you've got a 13 year old right now, right? Like, I mean, would you get him into the wealth management business? You got him working on the weekends, like saying, Hey, listen, let's take a look at some Roth IRAs and see if these kids are, uh, you know, balanced out a little bit. I always, so I got two kids, a 13 year old and a 17 year old. And the 13 year old has expressed interest that would like to become a wealth manager. The 17 year old 
kind of interested, but she wants to see what, what else is out there before she really looks at financial services. Two teenagers right now. I mean, I one of the biggest gaps in American education to me, Rocco, is personal wealth management. I've got five kids. And, you know, we teach them about Roth IRAs and how money works and the power of compound interest and all these things. There's the daily credit card barrage. Um, how do you manage your finances, debt structures, leveraging assets? And there's so many things. Are you trying to educate your kids on this? Absolutely. My kids have been um, kind of, you know, learning about the stock market, the credit markets, debt, mortgages, expenses, making money since, you know, since they were little. And so it's definitely have become part of the fabric and the way that they think. They think, you know, I think they definitely do think uh, like entrepreneurs and they're thinking about how to make money and how to be successful. And they're also thinking about the other pieces that we're going to talk about as well that we're tying with three chords. So I think talking about talking to these things with your kids is an important thing. It, it might not seem like it's, it's sinking in. But um, when they go to school and they start hearing about their teachers talk about it, they, the light goes off and say, you know what, what I'm learning at home is correct. I think you, you touched on something, a really good subject right there, which is the entrepreneur mindset, which is, you know, P&L, more income than expense. You know, what drives value? Because I, I think that mindset doesn't, doesn't mean you need to be an entrepreneur. But, you know, I, that mindset in sports is really important, too. You have so much time in a day. You have to leverage that time. and and whatever I do is the juice worth the squeeze, right? Like if I'm going to go over and train two hours, am I going to reap and sow from that benefit? Or am I just over in the fields not really doing anything of value? That's You can't get that time back, right? And so, you know, whether it's time or it's income, we start looking at value of those things and the return on those things. And they're really critical to our future. You know, I, I think about that often. I heard a listening to an audio book years ago and in the audio book referenced around time, right? Is, is what I'm doing the best use of my time right now? And I ask myself that question every day, every appointment, every hour, to, because we, we all get the same amount of hours, right? Seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Why are some people more successful than others? We all get the same amount of time and it really doesn't tie in with resources or education. It ties in with how you use your time. Yeah, I think I think it's such a valuable lesson. When I think if your 13 and 17 year old get that at this age, what an advantage! Because it's a tough one. It's a real tough one. And you know, I've been lobbying for 30 hours from the big guy upstairs for a long time, and you know, like I'm not getting it right. I I, I continue to get the 24, and I don't know if it's enough, right? And so it is a challenge. So. You were a Johnson and Wales University grad, Providence, Rhode Island. Pretty yeah. cool little spot in Providence. Uh, you know, a lot of education, Providence College, Brown University. It's funny for what I would consider a little bit of a downtrodden town right now. The, the high level of education in that town is significant. It's a cool city. When I was there back in the early 90s, it wasn't so nice. Uh, but the city has really did an amazing job of cleaning it up and making it into a terrific starter city for somebody that came from Suffolk County, New York, their first experience living in a city. So Providence, great town, a lot of college students, great schools, a lot of education. So, you know, as well as the whole New England area is pretty amazing with all the different uh, schools that are up there. A lot of learning going on in New England. Yeah, so I said it's pretty hard to be in 
in the New England area with all these institutions, prestigious and volume, and not have a higher education discussion. Like, you know, for, for me, when I think about kids in the New England area, I think about like, they get to this 19 year old thinking, yeah, college isn't for me. I'm like, how did you miss the discussion? There's so much going around that, that it's almost hard not to go to university. You know, whether I, I never understood that when people say college is not for me, there's something for everybody in it. And it's a great time in life between the age of 18 to 21 or 22 to go there and meet people. If you're not interested in the academics, you might be interested in the social aspects of it, developing yeah. a network. You never know who you can meet. I think everybody should go to, to take those years and go to school. I really, I really do. It doesn't have to be an accredited university, but take those four years for, for learning for sure. Yeah, I think that's such good advice. And, and I think there's so much more learning than classroom learning at a university, right? There's independence and how to get along with people and how to manage self-finance, laundry, the daily responsibilities of adulting, <laughs> right? And uh, there's so much more to those four years than, oh, get a degree, get become an expert. You became an expert in finance and wealth management. You're an MBA grad. I mean, what most people don't know about Rocco living in the Hamptons, working with some of the top business owners in the world, working with millions of dollars of assets under management, is that you were kicked out of college when you were 19 years old? Yep, I uh, 19. I was at 19 years old. I uh, was focused on the the real fun extracurricular aspects of college. I had um, a, a kind of like a side business that focused on developing, uh, going to really not nice bars that were kind of like rat holes, and but I'd bring in the cool bartenders and the bouncers, and we take this bar that wasn't doing any business, and we made it really successful. And so I wasn't focused on the academics. I was focused on entrepreneurship and uh, made a bunch of money in school. But school wasn't happy with me and asked me, uh, asked me, they politely asked me not to come back, which was a, a real kick in the face, real disappointment to uh, my, my, you know, my, my father, my parents, my mom, my dad looked at it like, well, I guess he just can't do the work. And I was so embarrassed about it. You know, we've got a large Italian American family. And my cousins and my aunts and uncles, it was just a, a real bad time in my life. And I was embarrassed that I said, okay, I can't mess around anymore. I gotta, I gotta get back into school. Gotta do well. Gotta get back to Johnson and Wales. Gotta finish. I had a girlfriend there at the time who's now my wife. I, I gotta get back to all these different things. And so, uh, when there looked like there wasn't a way to win and do this, I, that's where I learned that if you really want something, you make a way. And I did it. I got back, got, got into a community college, did two years in one year, got back to Johnson & Wales, finished with like nothing but A's, went on, did my MBA, I've had a great career. But if that didn't happen to me at the age of 19, not quite sure where I would be. And if I had to guess, I don't think I would be where I am today if I did not have that happen to me at 19. Yeah, like what a great lesson. That, that you know, in hindsight, right? I mean, I, I can imagine like, Man, you know, like probably your parents probably didn't go to college, right? Italian immigrants, they came over. Um, he's a tailor and hustling, you know, to make sure and provide for his family and create a better life, right? And you've got these kind of like, this is a prestigious thing in the family to be at. And, and you just went and mucked it up, right? And you were wounded and the shame and like, and, you know, I, I also like want, you know, as I got kids, right, in that marrying age now, I have two, almost three in their 20s now. And you're looking at 
hey, these are potential future in-laws. And like, oh, yeah, hey, my boyfriend got kicked out of school. He's a great catch, dad. You know, like, you, know you can imagine, like, this isn't probably the, the, the light I want to have shine on here as, as a future, you know, son-in-law of this person, right? I, you know, it was uh, one of the worst things that could happen to me, but it was a great learning experience. I learned a lot from it. You're right. My daughter came home with a guy. Oh, yeah, he just got tossed out of school, but I really like him. And it's so funny. But again, you know, I think the learned lesson with that is that I really had a choice. I could have either have gone in two directions. I could have said, screw college. It's not for me. I'll go off and I'll do something else. Or recognizing the fact that, Got to get back in the school. Let's give this another try. Got to do it right and taking the right path. Cause we, you know, I think everybody experiences things like this in their life at, at certain points. And then you hit that fork in the road, right? And then which fork do you take, right? You, you, everybody has that, those two choices, which direction you're going to go in. And for me, I chose the right fork. I mean, could have very easily have chosen the other fork and gotten myself into serious trouble throughout my whole life. Let's talk about that diet. I want to dive a little quick deeper into that because that's a big issue. And I think you're hitting it right on. Like there is a fork right now and you got to decide. And that's not easy at 19. And one of the things that I'm very concerned with in our culture right now is that the adults aren't coming alongside those 19-year-olds going, hey, you better buck up and own your issues and take responsibility because now, I feel like there's always a get out of jail card. Like, oh, you know what? It's the school's fault. They were mean to Rocco. You know, and this blame victim stuff starts going. And because of your upbringing, you knew, hey, the only one who changes this is me. And I got to do something. Oh, it, it really hit me at 19. I kind of had an idea if it's going to be, if it, it's up to me. But after going through that, I said, okay, I need to block everything out of my life. And I, I, I got I to do, I got to take the pathway to success. And, uh, and I knew that, uh, even though that I may have not always seen eye to eye with the professors, I knew that they had the keys for the next level in life. So I had to kind of cooperate and just kind of go through it versus resisting it. I mean, too, too much, you know, today, I mean, people are protesting everything against all these different things. And we're not any better as a result of it. We're really not. And so I think, you know, we got to get back to the basic fundamentals of certain things. And, uh, you know, people just got to get the job done. Yeah, I think protesting against standards that have been effective for a long time because you don't like them, you know, isn't necessarily a great thing, right? Like, because that doesn't serve me today. So I'm protesting the standards. But the standards were put in a place that serves me long term, right? If I, if I play by those standards, it will serve me. I will get the degree. I will get the education. And so, you know, it feels a little backwards, people's thought process on that protest. It's, you know, I don't know what's going to, what's going to kind of, you know, steady the ship here, but I, you know, I think, I think probably great parenting. I mean, you, you know, uh, we're just kind of meeting each other and you've got five kids and you seem like an amazing parent. And I think that it, you know, as Ronald Reagan said years ago, it starts at the dinner table. So I think that, you know, I think that it's not really putting it on the kids and putting it on the parents and the leadership that comes from home. That's where it all starts. Yeah, I think that's good advice. We can blame the keepers. We can blame everybody, but, you know, we've got we to blame the parents. That's, that's the Yeah. 
Well, I think we have to take ownership, right? We're asking, what would you tell a 19-year-old kid? I mean, you're getting close to this, right? Your daughter's nearing this age. I mean, you know, a 19-year-old Rocco, what would you tell a kid who maybe is looking at that fort going, you know what? The school's not fair, you know, and, and get into that shame cycle, blame game. What would you tell a kid in that situation? Because, you know, there's a lot of people that are going through this. You know, it's not fair. I lost my job because of COVID. I'm, you know, it's not fair. I hear a lot. What would you tell someone who, when you got into a hard situation and had to do something different, and now they're in that situation, what would you tell them? I would tell them to uh, go out there and, and play in traffic. Um what I mean by that is like, get out there in the mix, meet people, talk to people, talk to people that have done things that you'd like to do in life. You know, there are, there are patterns to success. If you just follow them, you might be able to do the same exact thing. Sometimes we over, we overcomplicate things, you know, like and I talked to my son about this. We were just talking about golf. You know, he, he'll tend to, you know, experiment and try different things when something has worked well for him. It's like, well, if that was working really well for you, why, why are you trying to reinvent the wheel? And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. There are patterns to success. And, you know, your 19-year-old that, that has this vision, what they would want for themselves, my advice would be find somebody that's actually done something that, that you'd like to do. Go ask them the question, buy the book, read the book, go to the conference, go to the YouTube channel. There's so much great information out there that you could just go out there and it's free, right? And it's free. Just go out there and listen and, uh, and just do what they did and you might you might see success. That's good advice. All right, let's talk about the three chords approach. I love this book. Love the concept here of, hey, what is the three chords approach? What should I know? Now, now you are a, an expert dealing mostly with business owners, which is really near and dear to my heart because uh, as business owners, we have a different little wealth kind of challenge. We're, we're not W-2 employees. We don't have, we don't fall under the standards of the banking world, right? All the time. And so there's a little bit different ways. And there's also different vehicles to use as a business owner from a wealth management perspective that other people don't have access to, which I find the real benefits that I get to take advantage of as a business owner that maybe someone in a W-2 situation cannot. And so talk a little bit about the three chords approach and why first was this important for you to write the book? You've been working with these highly successful people such as yourself for the past 25 years. And I probably have done something like 16,000 meetings over the past 25 years. And over the over the thousands and thousands of meetings, you know, you're sitting there and I think everybody would like to be successful. So, and as I've been working with these people for the past 25 years, I said to myself, well, who, who's really the most successful? And what really categorizes that person as truly successful, right? What's true wealth? And was it the person that had the most amount of money? It wasn't the person that had the most amount of money because after you accumulate a certain amount of money, anything more than that, it doesn't really, there's not a huge impact after a certain amount. Was it the person that had a, you know, a great family life? Was it a person that focused on themselves as an individual, like as far as taking care of themselves and their, and their wellness, hobbies and interests? And it was, it was the person that actually focused on all three, not at once, but all three. That was the, that's the person that experienced the true, the truest amount of wealth. They were the happiest. They were the most productive. 
they were the healthiest. They had the greatest longevity. They had the greatest relationships. They had the greatest contribution to their community. And, and so the idea behind the three chords was, is that each of the three family, business, and self represent the individual chord. And that when you put all three of those together, it's like a rope. It becomes non, it becomes unbreakable. But if you just focused on one or two or just, you know, that's when the, that's when the cord snaps. And if you're in business and you're an entrepreneur and things aren't going well at home, it's going to impact your business, right? If you're not able to take care of your health and your, and yourself. You're going to, it's going to impact your family life and it's going to impact your business. So that's why I decided to write the book. And of course, you know, it ties in with all the different wealth management, financial planning concepts that are inside of it as well. Love that. Yeah. I'm often reminded of Ecclesiastes, Ecclesiastes 412, right? A cord of three strands is not easily broken. Right. And, uh, you know, biblical principle of that, hey, there's strength in numbers. You need to understand that this provides quality. It provides strength that provides uh durability and uh that's so it's so good it's like a that three-headed monster right uh from the old uh you know godzilla days of the rodan right and so let's talk uh let's take about uh, let's dive into this a little bit real quick on the three chords and before we do that i want to take a quick just insight to our last episode on the Winners Find a Way show with Amir Habushay, where I interviewed Amir talking about um, business ownership and why entrepreneurs are buying into these trades businesses, business ownership, the value of these service-based businesses that have long-standing somewhat recession. I don't know about recession proof, but certain recession resilience. And um, the value of the baby boomer businesses that have long-standing built high-quality companies that now are being succession successioned off to different things, and they don't have family that are moving them. And there's real opportunity. So if you have not listened to our last episode with Amir Habushay, highly recommend you jump on that and listen. Some great takeaways from Amir, who's really um, living the American dream. And loving this developing of not only these companies, but giving opportunity for the people to build sustainability inside those companies, doing it a little bit different way than most, which are typically buy, turn, and churn, and then burn and sell off. And he's doing it a very different way to build sustainability. So pretty cool. Rocco, coming back to the three chord approach, let's talk a, a little bit about very easy to fall prey to having one of those fall out. What are some of the key principles of each of those that just have to be critical in the family business and self that you're teaching? Let's let's start with the self first, the individual. Yeah, when you look at self as an individual, you think, well, what comprises of oneself, right? It would be yourself, your health, right? your health and your wellness, diet, exercise. Are you seeing doctors? Do you know your blood numbers, right? There's all kinds of amazing tools that are out there that can help to know your inner age score. So uh, things around health and wellness, relationships, hobbies, interests, do you play golf? Do you like to fish? What, you know, do you like to travel? Making sure that you're living your life and doing the things that you want to do for yourself, really, really important. And that, that ties in with self. I love that. Okay. So as you see that, kind of go down that path, making sure that they're aware. Probably some, what we call in our consulting practice, 
like a stop start continue like hey relationships continue doing great you know start exercising a couple more times a week stop eating some of these foods that are probably not serving you in the long game you know stop the any excess in alcohol or consumption you know so it's a kind of stop start continue approach is that fair Absolutely. I love that process. That is, a you know, um, when they think about themselves, like they're, you know, they're dealing drugs, right? It might be something that they might want to stop, uh, something that they might want to start is exercising if they're not exercising and, uh, and other things that they're continuing doing. But again, that's the, you know, that's when you think about yourself, that can apply to all of the, all the different aspects for sure. Sure. All right. So let's go to the family. What are some of the key elements uh, to really strengthen that core to make to assure that we've got that right. You know, it's, it's something that um, my accountant said this to me once. She had said, listen, Rocco, she's like, being a uh, a parent is the hardest thing in the world if it's done right, right? You can be a parent and be a, a you know, a, an absentee parent, but being there for your kids just is a really, really important thing. So when you think about family, relationship with your spouse, significant other, your kids, your parents, your extended family, and then also also your friends, right? So a lot of people, their friends are like family. And so a lot of times when you hear the word family, you just think of blood relatives, but I also mean the, the people that people that are really the closest to you. And you gotta invest the time, right? You gotta put the time in now because you may not get a chance down the road. And just like financial investments, relationships are also investments and it, just like you have to in order to grow your money you got to put the money in and your relationships with your with the people that are closest to you you got to put the time in if you don't put the time in you're not going to get a rate of return just like the financial if you don't put the money you don't put the money in you're not going to get any rate of return either yeah i love that it's really good when you really think about that right like you're a wealth management and you're really managing time and money all the time all the time all the time. Yeah. So let's move to business. Some of the key elements of getting the business right, your business. Uh, you know, really important, right? You know, the aspects that you learn, right, as a business owner, that's, you know, one of the reasons I, mean, I, I kind of would love for my kids to become entrepreneurs, not for what necessarily they could buy with the money that they make, but for what it actually they create in themselves, right? Entrepreneurs are people that find a way, great skill set. So, you know, money is important. I know, you know, I, I hate when people say, oh, money's the root of all evil, money's the, the, all these different problems. Money makes things possible. And what money is, is money's an emphasizer. So if you're a real good, solid person, the more money you have, the better person, you know, the more that you're going to be able to take those, those positive qualities and expand them. If you're a mean, rotten, nasty person, you add money to that, you're just going to emphasize that as well. But money is really important because money makes things possible. And focus, having that be one of the cords is going to help you with the other two things. People that have more financial resources typically do receive better medical care. People that have more financial resources might be able to do more with their, uh, with their family, with their friends, be able to help people in their community. So, you know, when people say that, Money is not that important. Money, I would put it up there as being, you know, after after oxygen and your family, probably uh, and your friends, probably the next most important thing for sure. Having resources, so it is a really important thing. Yeah, these business owners, as they get this financial right, is in a matter of making sure the P and L, the debt structures, the P 
people are taken care of, rainy day funds. I mean, you're, you're going through a checklist, a hot sheet of how my business is set so that I've got some resilience here that uh, prepared for the good and the bad. That's financial planning. It is financial planning is like the architect's plans to a building and making sure that you've done a really great job with your planning, that you're monitoring it, that you're going back and revisiting it, that you've got a plan for improvements along. And if you, if you don't, you're not going to be as successful uh, overall financially than if you actually did have a solid financial plan. So financial planning is critically the, the first step in ongoing financial planning is the first step in, in really creating uh, large amounts of wealth and being financially successful in my opinion. Yeah, I think one of the things that I didn't do well along the way in my financial planning was, you know, really set out early and was, was focused on that. The reviews weren't very good, right? Because, you know, life at 25 looks one way, life at 30 looks a little different. Life at 35 looks a lot different, right? Um, that 25 to 35 gap is like, whoa, now there's three kids, a, a mortgage, maybe a couple mortgages. <laughs> there's just a lot of assets. And, you know, I've often said about a lot of our friends, Rocco, like have a lot of wealth. They have a lot of assets. They have means. And, you know, I hear a lot of people say, wow, you know, it's really hard not to have wealth. And, and I do not discount that at all. But with wealth comes a lot of responsibilities. There is a lot of work. and there's some predatory fights there too that you have when people know you have it, they're coming for it. They're looking for you to provide things for them. And uh, sometimes they want some of your wealth and would, and may even try to steal it uh, as I've been a part of that in the past. So it's a responsibility that's significant. And while I tell people like, hey, a lot of wealth can be a lot of energy and time because you have to manage all that as well, which becomes, you know, a lot of people go, oh, well, hey, having a lot of money, I have a lot of problems, but money's not one of them. And I'm like, whoa, 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 because if you have a lot of money, there's sometimes a lot of challenges in managing. I love what you had just said there because, you know, yeah, all three chords, right? Money and finance, business has to be managed. Family stuff, got to be managed, right? Yourself's got to be managed. All three have to be managed. And, you know, Managing things, having calendars, doing model calendars, pre-scheduling things out. It's really boring, not spontaneous, and people don't like to do it. But to operate at a high level of all three, they have to be managed. They have to be scheduled. You gotta, you gotta talk about it. I mean, it's, you can't just leave it out there for chance. If you leave it out there for chance, things, you might get lucky and things fall into place. But the odds are not in your favor uh, to get yeah. things done if you leave things out to chance. If you really want to get something done, you gotta you gotta manage it, right? What gets managed gets done. That's the bottom line. Now that's really good. Yeah, yeah. As soon as you said that, you know, you you want the odds in your favor. I mean, I immediately went to the Hunger Games. You know, may the odds be forever in your favor. Which you know, of course, no one has good odds, right? <laughs> like the odds are terrible. You're likely gonna die, right? And so it's one of those things that, what do, you, what do you think that cadence is, Rocco? When you talk about, you know, you, you really did a nice audit of success here for the three chords approach and what you saw through these thousands and thousands of meetings, what you would define success as. Is a cadence, you know, once a quarter enough? Do I need to be doing this, you know, every other day? Probably not. Is every other year too infrequent. Talk to me a little bit about cadence. 
You know, I love the idea of journaling. And, um, and if you have a journal, you just basically take some blank pages and you write in there. And, you, you know, for people that like to journal every day, they could basically build three columns out, how they doing in those three areas, right? If they want to do it monthly, quarterly, you know, I think people that look at it at least on a biweekly basis are going to do better at it than the people that look at this every two or three years. Mm-hmm. So and I'm not sure if it's something that somebody needs to do every single day. But I would say, you know, as far as frequency, you know, revisiting all three areas, at least, at least minimum once a month. That's great. How are you doing? You can give yourself a report card. Am I, how am I doing? Like, you know, if you're missing all the activities that tie in with your kids, give you, you know, be honest about it. Like, and, and give yourself an F, you know, it all starts with defining your values. Everybody's got five values, whether they have them on paper or not. There are five things that they operate their life to. And if they, and if they clarify them, if they do the values exercise and they actually know that, they'll see that's how they make their decisions. If family's not one of their values and self is, they will choose themselves over their family all the time. And they're like, well, how, how does that person keep making those decisions? Because it's one of their values. We all make our, we make all of our decisions based upon our values, period. Whether we know what our values or not, when you see people make certain decisions, that decision ties in with one of the five values. Well, it's funny, Rocco, I don't know if you know or not, we talked a little bit, you know, offline that I am an entrepreneur organization member. And unbeknownst probably to you is that every month we meet with our business forum. And that is a a group of eight to 10 business, other businesses that can't be competitive to you. So we have a very open environment to talk about top three, four or 5% and the bottom three, four, 5% without the issue of having any competitor in the room and for our businesses. So, and we report every month on our family, on ourself and on our business, both the positive, the top thing, the thing that absolutely was just uh, incredible. That's um, the most positive thing and the emotions tied to that and the negative of, and the emotions tied to that um, and why that's important and why what you know may have happened and significant in that. And the other thing that they do is you give a rating, right? Like, hey, a, a five is average. And, and you know, of course, everyone thinks, you know, oh, successful entrepreneurs, everybody's nines and tens, right? Like, oh, yeah, the family's great. Like, I could never be, finances could never be better, relationships. Like, no, that's not how it works. Like, like you have times and you're like, I don't even know if we're going to make payroll this Friday. Like, and you're like, finances are at two. And so- the ultimate check-in and accountability amongst each other is like, hey, when you see Fs for a couple months or you see twos and threes or ones and, you know, hey, it, it, it may be time to come alongside and support this person in, a, in another way because this is getting really hard. And that's what the structure is built for. And that's so valued to have an advisor like yourself who you can check in on that and, and you understand exactly where people are at and they're open and honest about where they're at and understanding on those, on that three chord approach. It's pretty awesome. It, you know, one, one last point to that, you know, the best time to get started on all three is like, now I see people uh, that are highly financially successful. They're playing catch up now and they're trying to make up with their um, make up with their kids and their families. And they're, they're making, you know, they're putting, they're applying money to that in hopes that they can make a difference. But um, sometimes, you know, I don't want to say it's too late because it's never too late. It's either you got to put some time in 
now or you're going to have to put a lot of time in uh, later. And so it's uh, it's one of those things where it's one of those things that either you're going to pay now or you're going to pay heavily later. Yeah. And it's, um, and it isn't worth it, right? It having, you know, making, uh, making money is really important, but making all the money in the world, but like blowing up all your relationships, uh, personally and professionally, it's not worth it. I could, I, I see it. It's just, it's just not worth it. Yeah. And I think that's really strong. I mean, you know, we've got friends, right? Or, or maybe even ourselves who have gone through this where you let self go, right? And you're like, oh, yeah. man, like, Hey, I gotta lose these seventy-five pounds, and you're like, "Whoa!" And from a guy who's a health and wellness guy, you know, a lot of people come to me and go, "Listen, I've neglected myself for like twenty years, and I really want to get fit. Uh, uh, we're gonna take like two weeks." I'm like, "Uh, you spent twenty-five years putting the body together like this. Like, it doesn't change in two weeks, right? Like, this is now really hard to come back from and get it back on the rails. Like, you were way off the rails, and so, so here's that." A uh, cord that's been neglected for a long time, whether that's a family, whether that's a self or business, and then trying to fix that is really, really hard. Really hard. You know, it's not that often that you see somebody who's in great physical shape, like, you know, premier top shape, top at their business, and also top at their family. One of the things that you do see is, pe- you know, people that might be top in business, top physically and themselves. A lot of times they they neglect their family, so it's it that that's the most common thing that I see when I see somebody's in great physical shape is that they're out of balance. And mm-hmm. so I'm not saying yeah, I'm saying that that you got to pay attention to all three. All both require energy, and, and you got to put the time in. I can tell you myself, I you know that's the area that I lack in, right? And and uh, that I I'm constantly trying to improve. And I think a lot of the people that you talk to, same exact thing. It's it's the thing that that they're trying to improve. You got to put energy into all three because if you, if you just let yourself go, you, you know, at some point there's going to be a crash landing. And if you're gone, what, what good is that for your family um, yeah, or your business? That is exactly it. Well, listen, awesome to have you here, Rocco. Great, great talk on the three court approach. For those out there, go out, get that book. Uh, Rocco, how they, can they find you? Tell them again. Go to our uh, website at rockawaycarrero.com and they could, um, you know, check out more information on the book, take a quiz. There's a lot of information on there for them to enjoy and find useful. And if anybody has any additional questions, they can, they can reach out for sure. Perfect. Perfect. For everybody else, thank you for joining us on the Winners Find a Way. Thrilled to have you here as always every Friday, 12.30 p.m. Eastern, 9.30 a.m. Pacific, LinkedIn Live, YouTube Live on the Leadership Channel. And of course, my Facebook live also. So for all those again, we will see you next Friday on the Winners Find a Way show. Rebellious Infusions are organic flavored water enhancers. Rebellious provides clean, focused energy in liquid packets. Just tear the corner of the packet and pour 16 ounces of water. Rebellious Infusions have no sugar, no calories, and up to 300 milligrams of antioxidants and loads of L-thionine for brain health. Rethink your drink at drinkrebellious.com. For 10% off of your next purchase, use the code 99999. Do you want to be our next guest? Or do you have inspiring stories to share? Or do you love to inspire, support, and empower thought leaders? Feel free to send Trent a direct message on Instagram or Facebook at Leadershipity.